0: Hi, this is Christopher, and this is episode 16 of Finding Japan, and I'm almost better. Hey, hello there. Good evening, good afternoon, everybody. Um, Sorry for the lack of updates lately. I have been sick, as you may have noticed in the blog entry. Um, Even now, my voice is a little out of it, so I apologize in advance if this is unbearable to listen to. I'm going to listen back to it later, and we'll see if there's anything I can do about the way my voice sounds right now. I also know in advance that I will be editing this heavily, since uh, I am very often clearing my throat, making strange coughing sounds and discovering new strange creatures in the back of my throat. But that waiting does not come without its merits. Um, I do have quite a bit to talk about today, so hopefully I'll be able to get through all of it. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, being sick in Japan and my experiences of being sick in Japan, which are ongoing. (laughs) Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, going to a pharmacy or a medicine store in Japan, and then also going to a clinic, because I had to end up doing both. Um, today is a is a beautiful day. It's uh, Friday, and we are in the middle of the Golden Week holiday. Um, Golden Week is essentially, in my mind, I actually think it's a misnomer because. I had understood that Golden Week was a series of holidays that were linked together to give everybody a golden week of time off. But in reality, there is a holiday on Monday, Thursday, and Friday. So businesses, if you're a company worker, et cetera, if you're a school, uh, if you're a student – You do end up having to work or go to school in the middle of Golden Week, which kind of defeats the purpose in my mind. Um, So this week I had uh, classes and school on Tuesday and Wednesday, and I took Tuesday off from work for illness purposes and only went to the first class to take a test. And then Wednesday I went through uh, both class and work and completely wiped myself out, which was a really bad idea. Um, But today was a good day. Um, The weather's been amazing. I think it's probably about, I I would have to guess in the high 70s, um, I think probably around 25 degrees Celsius. A light breeze, very little humidity. It's just just been absolutely beautiful. So I took the time today to get out of the house, even though I wasn't feeling 100% and go to a park. So I will talk a little bit about that. And then I also have uh, some random updates about what I've been up to, um, some updates on some episodes that are coming up, and more. So please stay with me. Here we go. So if my voice hasn't turned you off already, I want to talk a little bit about being sick in Japan. Let me just say, first of all, that I hate being sick. I am sick maybe t- once or twice a year. And maybe it has it had to be about 5 years ago I started getting allergies every other year. I think this time what I have now is a combination of allergies and a combination of just a really bad Asian cold. I think whatever strain of bacteria or virus I have now <clears throat> is something I haven't had before so my body really doesn't know how to fight it. And it's making all sorts of different enzymes to try and figure that out right now, and it's totally screwing with my head. I started feeling pretty bad on Saturday, and by Sunday, I just felt completely horrible. So on Sunday, I went to um, a pharmacy that was down the street. Now, I should describe pharmacy in Japan because it is a little different than what I'm used to in the West. In Japan, there seems to be medicine stores or stores that specialize in things that you would need to sort of take care of your body. And they also have different types of medicines, mostly internal medicine type stuff, like if you sprain your ankle, you know, they have heat packs and things like that. But they also have pills that um, supposedly help with various things. So one morning I woke up, I think it was a Sunday morning actually, and decided that I was feeling pretty horrible enough to try and go get some medicine. Now, uh, Sunday wasn't a holiday, I believe, so um, most of these stores were open. A few times I had gone back and forth um, through the neighborhood, and I had gone by a place that looked like it was one of those medicine stores. So I hopped on my bike on Sunday, and I went over to that place, and there was an elderly gentleman. I'd have to say he was in his mid to late 70s, possibly early 80s. It's difficult to tell with Japanese people sometimes. And uh, he was very nice, and I explained to him in my limited Japanese that um, I had a cold and my throat was sore, no I didn't say sore, my throat hurt and my ears and nose and throat felt like they were full. He uh, said a bunch of stuff, I probably understood a good third of it and eventually he handed me these pills and the pills were uh, 1,650 yen. Which ends up being approximately thirteen dollars, I would say. So uh, I looked in my wallet, and I only had a thousand yen. So I apologized to him profusely, and I said, "Okay, I'll be right back. I will return. Um, I will go home and get money and come back." So I went home, and the only thing I had was a uh, uh, one or ten thousand yen bill, which is about eighty dollars. So it's it would roughly equivalent to the U.S. one hundred, but then with the conversion rate. Uh, it ends up being somewhere around $80, I think. I bring the money back, and he kind of looks at me and he, he says, uh, you know, Kono adame, which was basically like, you know, I can't, that bill is bad, I can't take it. I, I knew what he meant. He wasn't saying that my money was no good, it's just a, he couldn't break a bill that large uh, for a single purchase. So at this point, I am like sweating. I have the I'm hot and cold at the same time. I don't know how that's possible, but it it was happening. I uh, was feeling pretty bad, and I'm like, okay, all right. So let's go to the convenience store and buy some of these huge bottles of um, amino amino acid resupply. Uh, the closest equivalent I can think of in US terms would be something like Gatorade, except it's clear. It's made by Kirin Beverage. And um, it's called, like, Amino Supply. So I went to the grocery store that was maybe about a five-minute bike ride down the road, and I picked up a few of those. And I, I had been to that grocery store plenty of times, and they know me, so they were they were okay with me giving them a 100. So I bought maybe 300 yen worth of uh, drinks with uh, essentially 10,000 yen bills. So I apologized to them, and then I rode back to the to the uh, pharmacy store again and, and explain to them. Now, this time, the, late, the the man's wife was in there with her. And as soon as I walked in, they both started apologizing profusely. I think they could see that I was, like, sweating. I wasn't feeling good. And I have a feeling, you know, I sort of ran the uh, backstory story in, in the back of my mind um, later on that evening, and I have a feeling that the woman came down because she heard a foreigner talking. And by the time she came down, I was gone. And then the guy explained to her that I had a hundred, and she probably yelled at him because because I was in pain, and she he should have just taken the bill anyway. That's the uh, in my imagination that was pretty much how it went out. But I, I don't really know how it worked. So I, I got back to the store the third time, and they were both there, and the woman was so nice. And he brought the pills over, and I paid for them with uh, uh, 2,000 yen bills. And uh, they wanted to sit there and talk to me. And I was like, oh, God, here we go. Now, they didn't know English, but I think they were just curious to speak to a foreigner. And I'm really curious to speak to Japanese people, too. In fact, sometimes I'll make up—I'll know the way to go to get somewhere, but I will stop and ask somebody for directions just because I want to practice my Japanese. I know what it means to be extroverted— to, you know, especially in this environment, to want to talk to people. And I think Japanese people generally feel the same way about foreigners. They're a bit hesitant, but at the same time, um, they're curious. So the woman started asking me, you know, do I live in Sumida? And I told her where I lived. And <clears throat> then she started asking me, well, why are you here? And I told her I was studying Japanese. And at this point, I really felt like I was just gonna pass out. So I sort of steadied myself against the wall. And she kept speaking to me. And eventually, you know, I, I was understanding less and less and less. And I realized it wasn't because of my language skill, but it was more because of just my physical state. I could not focus on what this woman was saying. And I felt awful about it. So eventually I just said, you know, I stopped her and I said, excuse me, I have a cold. I feel really bad. I, I'm going to go home now. Thank you very much. And I think she kind of got it. And they let me go. And I um, returned home. I think it was the following day where I had a conversation with my friend Saya over instant messenger. And I was, I was explaining to her what had happened and she then proceeded to tell me that Japanese pills are essentially very, very weak, especially the ones you get over the counter. They're so weak to the point where when Japanese people come to the U.S. and take medicines, they're often too strong. So the gentleman at the pharmacy had told me to take one pill three times a day for three days. At that point, I just started taking two just to be safe because it really didn't feel like it was doing much of anything. So I pretty much spent most of Sunday and uh, Monday lying around. And as I said before, Tuesday, I ended up going just to my AM class and then going home and crashing. So I went to work on Wednesday, and it just completely wiped me out. And Thursday, uh, which is yesterday because today's Friday, Thursday, I just felt... I felt a little better, but I just did not feel like myself. I was just totally blah so I went and looked for a bunch of hospitals on the map because my friend Saya had also told me that Japanese people tend to go to hospitals more often simply because when you go to a hospital you can you can get the drugs that you need or the prescriptions, et cetera It's all right there. So it's not like the U.S. where you only go to the hospital if you have a major emergency. Otherwise, you end up going to a doctor's office. Here, pretty much, if you're not feeling well enough for anything over the counter, you end up going to the hospital. The unfortunate thing I found out, though, is that all hospitals are closed at this time. today. That particular particular day was Thursday, which was um, the beginning of the rest of Golden Week, so... I looked at the Sumida City uh, webpage, and they do have an English version. And in that English version, I looked, and um, there was information about a emergency health clinic center that's open on holidays. But the unfortunate part was that it was about a 15-minute bike ride away from my house. So <laughs> I said, okay, either I ride my bike 15 minutes to get some prescription drugs, or I stay home and I'm miserable. So I ended up leaving on my bike. I found the place okay. And I went in through the emergency exit at first where they wheel people in if they've picked them up in the ambulances. So the two gentlemen that were at the desk there quickly turned me around to the clinic which was on the opposite side of the building. So I walked over to the clinic. There were maybe four or five people in there and the office staff was very, very friendly. I was able to give them my insurance card um, because I now have the national health insurance for Japan. After that, they made me fill out a small piece of paper with my name and my address and my age. Then they handed me a questionnaire sheet that was entirely in Japanese. And if it were something like, where did you go yesterday? And I could write in, oh, I went to the library. I think I would have been okay, but unfortunately there were a lot of medical terms or conditions on this um, uh, form that they had given me. And I'd forgotten to bring my Nintendo DS with the electronic dictionary, which is helpful for times you're trying to to decode kanji that you don't understand. So unfortunately, that wasn't going to be of any help. So I stayed at the window, and and the female nurse assistant—I'm sorry, I'm drinking— mitsuya cider and it's, it's making me burp so I'm gonna have to edit all this out and it's gonna sound really strange it may sound like everything's pasted together so I apologize but I will take the time to edit out all the, all the crap like me coughing and everything so that it actually sounds pretty decent I don't even know how my voice sounds right now and from my perspective I sound freaking horrible but we'll, we'll see how it goes it's gonna take me three hours just to edit everything out But I love you guys. That's why I'm doing this. Where was I? Okay, so the nurse assistant walked me through step by step. And she knew maybe one or two English words for every condition. So we were able to kind of figure it out. The next thing she did that was really strange is she handed me a thermometer and she's like, take your temperature. And instinctively, I was about to put it into my mouth. And then she said something, you know, like put it under your arm in Japanese. And I know the word for arm, but I didn't know the word for armpit. It's not like, I, I don't think it's a Japanese word that's like, has the word, Japanese word arm and then the Japanese word pit. It, it's it's something else. But apparently, in a lot of these health clinics, and according to my friend in, in most pretty much everywhere in japan your temperature is taken from underneath your armpit so you take the thermometer and you stick it underneath your armpit you're kind of sitting there so she tells me to go sit down some there there there's no spaces to sit so i'm kind of like leaning up against a bookshelf with a thermometer sticking out of my armpit and i just feel miserable and i've I've just ridden my bike and i'm hot and i'm sweaty and i don't feel good and i have um you know those little slippers on instead of my shoes because they had the uh the area where you take your shoes off and you put on slippers so I'm wearing community slippers I have a, a little you know armpit thermometer thing and I'm just sitting there like kind of like uh so I'm like okay what can I do now so to kill the time I whip, I whipped out my cell phone and I start messaging people on Twitter you know that's that's how I killed the time <laughs> so anyway um after that was done I, I really didn't have a temperature and um I gave her the forms and I sat down for maybe 10 minutes and they called my name So I went back into the room and I sat on this little, um, it was like a swivel chair with no arms, kind of like a, I don't know how to describe those chairs, kind of like a chair, kind of like an office chair with no back. And the doctor was there and I was speaking to the doctor in Japanese and then um, he realized I was American and said, you know, I can speak English. I'm like, oh, thank God. It was just an incredible relief. You know, I love speaking Japanese, but when it comes to something like that and you're not feeling well, it's such a relief to be able to speak English. So I thanked him, and then I started speaking English. So it turned out I have something viral. It's not bacterial. I was concerned because my throat was kind of puffy, like on the inside. But um, they gave me three sets of medicines, and uh, they told me to go sit down. And I waited, and then they brought the medicines out, and uh, the guy walked me through what to take when and all in Japanese and I understood it so I was you know thumbs up there I was I was uh proud of that and then I confirmed that later when I looked on the inside and they'd written down in English for me what to take when so I I had it right when I was up filling out the forms before the woman before me had paid and I think her total came to something like uh 9,000 yen which was something around you know, it's probably about $75. And I'm like, oh, I guess that's not too bad if she had medicines and the visit and everything else. So I was preparing myself for a pretty large bill, even though I had the health insurance. But they came up to me and asked me to pay, and the total came to something like... 1700 yen which was equivalent to about $15 and I was just blown away. Not only was this whole experience so quick and efficient and they were so pleasant but it was cheap. I was literally blown away. I um I had spent more money on those sets of pills from the pharmacy place that didn't work than I did for an actual examination some antibiotics to keep, you know, any bacteria out of my Eye, ear, no, or my nose, ear, and throat. Some painkillers for the pain in my throat, and um, something to help loosen up the mucus in my throat. I was just, I was stunned. So I, I was completely satisfied. So I, I think the the general message there is that the Japanese health system is is pretty efficient. Um, another short story on that note. Um, I was at the Tachinomi place uh, about a month ago, and waiting for my friend, and she had texted her other friend, who was also at the Tachinomi place, to let her know that um, she was at the byouin, the, the hospital, and she got she went there by the uh, QQ show, which is the ambulance. I guess she had scraped up her knee. She was on her way to the Tachinomi, and I, I kind of, like, looked at my friend. And I'm like, wow, she's either really crazy or... Or they didn't do much at the hospital or I, I just don't understand. So she showed up and she had a bandage on her knee and I asked her what had happened, you know, did she go to the hospital, did she stay there? And she said, Yeah, you know, they took care of everything. The whole thing happened maybe in about an hour. So within an hour she had crashed her bike, scuffed up her knee, got taken away in an ambulance, brought to the hospital, got x rayed, got bandaged up, and then um, walked back to the Tachinomi place. Maybe actually maybe about an hour and a half. And I was thinking to myself, wow, if that was where I was from, that would have been like an all-night thing. You would have you would have sat there and you would have had to wait for about 45 minutes just to be seen. Then it would have taken a, probably about another hour to get you processed, another half-hour of paperwork. And would, the whole thing would have taken about four hours. But no, I mean, here in Japan, it only took about half an uh, hour and a half to get everything done. So you really can't beat that. So there you go. That's my story on uh, the Japanese healthcare system. So I'm feeling better. I I probably sound a lot worse than I am, but um, I'm definitely operable now. I can can go places, but I'm going to take it easy tonight and uh, possibly tomorrow, too, and just spend the rest of Golden Week kind of relaxing and uh, recharging and taking care of myself. So that's what I'm up to. So speaking of, you know, relaxing and everything, I decided today that, I absolutely needed to get out of the house, I've been in here uh, all day yesterday, I really didn't go anywhere, and uh, I've just been sleeping an awful lot, so the weather was too beautiful to ignore. So I decided today to take my camera and the video camera, which I do the audio recordings with, to a park in Sumitaku. So today I hopped on my bike, and uh, before I got on my bike I, I loaded up my iPod with some tunes, and I have this one playlist that's called Relaxing Drive. And it's a playlist I used to listen to commuting home from work, which has a combination of some jazz, some piano jazz, some club jazz, and some instrumental surf music it's pretty cool it's pretty mellow, but one of the things I realize is that riding through Tokyo on a bike is completely different if you have like jazz in your in your ears to me it's kind of like what New York should be if you are able to sort of cruise around the Upper East Side with not as much traffic and have some nice, like, urban family neighborhoods with some nice jazz playing. And I'm not, I'm not talking about, like, Kenny G-type jazz. I'm talking about, like, Miles Davis, some Coltrane, some Bill Evans trio, uh, some Ella Fitzgerald, some Duke, some Duke Ellington, uh, just some, some really nice stuff that sort of mellows me out. So listening to that, while going through some of these side streets and neighborhoods that aren't so busy by car, that don't have so much car traffic going through them, it is really, to me, sort of like what a uh, relaxing urban stroll should be. It was kind of surreal being in Japan, feeling like I'm in New York, just sort of really taking it all in. I, I didn't know what to think, so I, I would not want to ride my bike around New York. <clears throat> but in Japan, it's completely doable, which you guys know because you've seen the... Uh, video already uh so anyway now i don't know the name of this park i apologize but i will put up a um, uh, a link to a map that shows where the park is on the podcast um it's a pretty nice park it's not very big it's what i would describe a a large family park in a good-sized neighborhood of, of japan I went to the park with the intention of buying like my lunch at a convenience store and then eating it in the park, but unfortunately I got distracted by Moss Burger on the way, so I'm going to give you guys a, a little clip here of, of Moss Burger waiting for my food. And that you hopefully will enjoy. So, I'm going to insert a little bit of sound scene right here. And you'll hear people coming in and out. You'll hear people ordering. You'll hear the guy adding up people's orders and everything. And then you'll also hear them welcome customers as they come in and leave. So, hope you enjoy this little sound scene tour. And then, uh, when uh, that's over, we'll, we'll I'll get back to uh, the story about the park. <laughs> そう<音声><音声><音声><音声> 一番はい、村田あの、こちらまあ、で、やっぱり Hey, I hope you enjoyed that. <clears throat> that lasted about 10 seconds for me, but about maybe three minutes for you guys. So I went to the park today, like I said, and I had gone with the intention of doing a podcast from the park, but in retrospect, I'm glad I didn't. I spent a lot of time sort of circling the park, just kind of lazily riding around on my bike without really any sort of plan. I was looking for either a place to sit down that I could that'd be quiet enough and away from people enough so I wouldn't disturb them by talking into the camera, or I was looking for some from some neat photographs. And I turned this one corner, and I saw something that I think um, has to be today's Only in Japan. Now, I know Hannah had said on the podcast I should use that picture of uh, the six-pack of beer that came with a DVD of Nature Scenes as Only in Japan. So I'm going to do that later. I still need to go buy that. So I'm sorry to put that off, Hannah, but um, I think you guys will appreciate this episode's Only in Japan much more. This episode's Only in Japan has to do with dogs. Now, people in Japan absolutely love their dogs. I'm sure if you're mildly interested in Japan, you've probably heard about the stores that sell clothing specifically for dogs and cats. There are plenty of pet stores here that sell tons of stuff, not just food, for everybody's little furry friend. Now, a lot of the dogs that are in Japan are mostly small dogs. So as a result, it becomes very easy to spend a lot of money on things like clothes for these dogs. So I'm riding my bike through the park. I'm seeing lots of dogs here and there. You'll see them with a sort of like coat on, like a reflective coat, so they're, they're able to be seen by bikers and stuff, or something that keep the dogs that don't have a lot of hair on them a little warmer. But I saw something that I've never seen in my entire life. I saw a woman walking a dog on a leash, this really tiny poodle dog, dressed up with um, like a flowery dress, that goes down over the ar- the front arms and then over the back of the tail but still open so you know the dog can go to the bathroom or whatever and she had this one dog on a leash. Most people wouldn't think that that was too rare you know I guess there are some people in the US who dress their dogs up as well but in tow and all around her were seven other dogs that were dressed up in the same amount of exquisite detail. All of them had like barrettes in their hair, they were all like long-haired little tiny dogs. The only thing I could describe them as were like terrier poodles. So I'm like, whoa! I just I wanted to whip out my camera, but it was on my back, and I really couldn't range it. So I'm like, wow! I just have to remember some of those details to tell people on the podcast. I, it was just incredible, and all these dogs are sort of circling around here. So these dogs were all really well trained. I, I went around the park a couple more times, but eventually I settled down in an area where. It was kind of open, like a semicircle, and st- with with stone steps in a, in a semicircle. And she had a a yellow, maybe melon-sized kickball that she was kicking around, and the dogs were going after. Her. And it was hilarious because the dogs were like a team. You know, there were, there were two or three dogs with a flower pattern, a couple dogs with like a camo pattern. I, I assume they were the boy dogs, and then two two other dogs. Like one dog would just be hanging out on the steps, kind of looking at the other dogs. Um two of the dogs were like the lead dogs and they were fighting each other trying to get the ball it was just a blast I wish I had uh taken my camera out but again um I'll get to why I didn't in a little bit but so only in Japan um eight poodles eight terrier poodle things and then she took them around for uh, a walk on with a leash again she'd have one on a leash I think she was training one of them and then um she got on a bike and she did a lap around the park on the bike, and each lap probably took her about ten minutes. So these dogs were just like incredible. I was I was really blown away. It almost almost made me want to have one of those dogs, but I I, I cannot stand little dogs. I need a I need a bigger dog. And then um, when she took the bike round, one of the other dogs was too tired, so she told it to stay, and it stayed right by all of her stuff as she took a ten minute lap around the park. And then uh, all the other dogs came back. So I was just really blown away at how well trained these dogs were and just the fact that this woman had eight of these dogs in tow and they were just all uh, interacting with her like little children it was it was incredible and the guy sitting next to me too kind of remarked to me he says he's like eight dogs that's crazy and he said that has to be difficult to manage he said it in japanese i'm like yeah <laughs> it's pretty pretty incredible this podcast is getting difficult on my throat i hope you guys appreciate this what I did want to talk about is just I ended up not taking out the camera not taking out the uh, the audio recorder because I had so much fun just sitting there relaxing for two or three hours and it occurred to me that a lot of people aren't very good at certain things or some people who just can't sing or some people who just, just can't play a particular sport I'm one of those people who just can't relax I always need to be doing something I mean I'll, I'm i'm doing this podcast project while i'm in school and working at the same time i mean it's it's literally like it's like organizational suicide almost and the few rare times that i actually do get to relax that i just get that i get to just sit there and take it all in i just i love it and today was one of those times so i selfishly took that moment for myself and just sat there so i wasn't going to sort of share the, the sounds of the park etc but um no, I stole it all for myself, so I apologize, but it was definitely worth it. You know, and it got me thinking, too. I, I saw I was people watching here and there, and it got me thinking. You know, I think it was earlier this week I was listening to a BBC news recording, and, and a guy had mentioned something, something to do with age, and it was like, yeah, when you get between 26 and 30, you really start to kind of realize that your options are becoming limited. Now, first of all, I don't subscribe to that. I think that you can do whatever you want at whatever age you want. It's just a matter of how difficult it is and what challenges you have to overcome. But there was one thing that he said that did strike home. And he said, that's about the age, 26 to 30, where you realize that you're not going to be a rock star. You're not going to be a dentist. You're not going to be a doctor. And I I think that's kind of what he meant about your options being limited. And that really sort of struck home for myself because I was thinking about it. You know, I'm almost 30 years old now and I'm taking a significant time away from full-time employment um, to pursue this MBA degree to hopefully get me a little smarter to open up some doors about um, some things I want to do in my life. And, you know, after this, there's... Whatever I decide to do is going to be pretty much it. And I had been going through this process to educate myself to give myself more options but at the same time once it's completed the option I go down is going to be one that will stick with me for a long time and that's kind of scary because I get a lot of enjoyment out of doing many different things I've played in bands for about 10 years I've recorded music I've done film scores I like doing photography I don't think I'm very good at it but I, I like doing it I like this podcasting project that I'm doing Um, I hope to do another one in the future but I, I think one of the things I sort of lose focus on from time to time is just enjoying the little things enjoying life sometimes you need to do nothing in order to enjoy life and that's something that's very difficult for me to understand but as much as I'm really busy in Japan and I have a lot of things lined up that I'm doing Japan is also really teaching me about how to enjoy the aesthetics of life both visually, and emotionally. So when I sat around today, people watching, I just watched about how people were enjoying their families or each other or or having fun, you know, doing the stupidest things like picking up flowers and making little flower arrangements in the grass or hitting a ball back and forth. Things that, you know, when I'm in my busy mode, I'm like, that's pointless, I don't have time for that. But just sitting there relaxing today, I'm like, wow, that's just so incredibly peaceful and relaxing. So... That's pretty much why I stole the moment for myself. It was a time for me to uh, find myself in Japan, which is essentially what this podcast was about. And I just was totally embroiled and involved in the moment and let myself sort of float away for a little while. And even though I still feel sick, and I don't feel 100% right now, I still feel much better having gone out and uh, experienced the park and having Japanese people show me what going to the park is like for them. And I I appreciate everybody I saw today and uh, the people who sort of indirectly shared a portion of their life with me today. So I'm thankful for that. On the way home from the park, I ran into something that I thought was pretty funny. I think it's pretty comical, the kind of bike that I ride around Japan. It's what my friend calls a, a mamachari bike. And it's essentially like the old lady bike. And if you look at the last video episode I posted, you can see for maybe... I don't know, five or six frames, the bike itself. So go back to that and kind of rewind it, and you can see. What's kind of hilarious about this bike is not only is it that sort of shape and style, but the wheels are smaller, so they're made for, like, smaller people. And I'm I'm not a small person when it comes to Japan. I'm about average. But, you know, clearly... You know, people who are adults are riding around on much bigger bikes. So it looks like I I either stole this bike from an old woman or some little kid. So every time I'm riding around, I'm sort of like laughing to myself on the inside about this bike that I'm riding. But I I saw the most amazing thing. I stopped at a Lawson's, which is like a small convenience or convenience mart, and uh, just to get like a little snack on my way home. I love the. The pastry selection in these convenience stores are it is incredible, and I absolutely love it. And I'm I'm thankful. I just I love the fact that there are so many different pastries you can choose from, and it's just so convenient. The convenience of Japan for all the things I like is just awesome. But anyway, I'm I'm diverging here. So on my way out. <coughs> I saw this guy who was doing like uh, sumo wrestling training. So he was a fairly big guy and he had his hair pulled back in that traditional um, sumo style. It didn't have any of the decorations or and it wasn't in the style of like the grand champion sumo wrestlers where it's a little more elaborate. But it was in that style where it's folded back in half and pulled back and all slicked back. But this guy comes walking out of the store and he gets on a bike that looks exactly like mine. So here's a guy who's probably like twice the size i am and he's riding away on one of those bikes so now from this point forward i don't feel half as bad riding around on a mamachari bike because i saw a big tough sumo wrestler guy do the exact same thing so that's kind of funny but figured i'd share that with you guys so the only other thing i wanted to talk about really quick is just what i've been up to lately Um, since i've been sick i've been doing a lot of computer work I've been editing some video footage, as you as you guys have seen. So uh, I do have some more video footage. I have a lot of video footage from the Yurikamome line, which is a line that I take quite often to get to and from work. And I took it in the opposite direction one day, and it was right around sunset time. You could see the buildings um, through the sunset. So I figure I'll, I'll post that probably next week, maybe. Some people had said, all right, yeah, the videos are cool, but we need an audio episode. So I will probably do a few more audio episodes before I post that other things i've been up to is just some nerdy stuff um i'm really into getting my backup scheme for my macintosh um all squared away so that's what i've been doing um let's see updates for next episodes oh yes i did want to let you guys know i'm still working on the office episode um how i've been doing that is i've been leaving myself messages on my cell phone and collecting them and i have three now um, but I want to get a few more done um, before getting that out. And I haven't been able to do one in about a week or so because, as you can tell, my voice is just horrendous. So combine that with you know, a cell phone vocoder, which crunches your voice down even further, it's, it would be uh, disastrous. So I'm going to do that later. What else can I say? Uh, I just want to take a moment to... Say hi to a couple people. Uh, Hannah, thanks for recommending the uh, the DVD six-pack thing as a possible uh, Only in Japan segment. I, I will definitely do that. I wanted to say hi to a guy named David who sent me an excellent email and an MP3 of some of his recordings when he was in Japan quite a while ago. And uh, I still have yet to follow up to his email, but if he's still listening, thank you very much. And uh, I plan on listening to that audio this weekend. So I'm looking forward to it, and I will uh, be replying to you very, very soon. So thank you again for your your thoughtful and engaging email. So I wanted to say hi to uh, some of the people that I've been enjoying your podcast, but have never met. Uh, San Nikje, I think is his last name. And uh, he's been doing a podcast out of New Zealand, which I find very interesting. Though I, I haven't looked today, I, there's been a bunch of new podcast updates, but I haven't been able to listen to them. Um, but i need more episodes from these guys come on man i'm just i'm just kidding really um san has just started off podcasting and um i really like what he's doing in terms of um the enhanced podcast with the pictures and the regular segments which which keeps me listening i also want to say hi to kelton Um, kelton's been um, podcasting out of the uh, pacific northwest i believe uh, I've been enjoying his podcast lately. It, it's real funny to be listening to these guys while I'm in the subway, too. So that that's primarily when I do most of my podcast listening during the week. So, uh, guys, please send me some more episodes. I, I need those to keep me going, especially uh, feeling kind of crappy right now. And, of course, the other Japan podcasters, Scott Lockman, Terrence from Kobe Beef, Rich Pav, and uh, Bicycle Mark from Bicycle Sidewalk, uh, A Year in Japan, Joe. And uh, what else? I think that's it for now. If I'm missing someone, which I'm, I'm sure I am, uh, I apologize. But again, this, this podcast has been difficult, but a good one. I'm, and I'm glad I got to share uh, some of these thoughts that I've been meaning to share with you guys. I am still keeping many, many notes on some of the things I'm seeing. So I have a ton of stuff to talk about later on. Hopefully I can get all that organized and get another audio episode out at some point in time. So again, thank you for listening and uh, please keep sending your comments and I, I enjoy uh, hearing from you guys because this podcast really is uh, much more about finding Japan together than it is my soul perspective. So I'm trying to trying to bring that to you guys. So this is turning out to be sort of like the rock concert ending of podcast endings, where it's like, thank you, good night and then you keep like, playing the the same chord over and over again it takes like 10 minutes for the band to get off stage so i will let you all go thank you for listening that's it i'll talk to you all later bye